Hello everyone and welcome to this month's edition of Calling the Night Boys with me Gavin and me Nick and today we're stuck in what car is this? This is a 1973 MGB GT. So this month's podcast is about this. Sports cars. I've never been in a sports car before. I'm really excited. So it's not about sports cars per se. It's more about driving and our relationship with cars. Oh, listen to that. Oh, my God. So, I'm feeling a rumble in my tummy. <laughs> Gav, I wanted to ask you, why did you get this car? Well, I guess people will say it's that sort of classic midlife crisis thing. Man approaching middle age gets fast car. You're not being a bit hasty about this, are you? Mm. But I think it's just because I wanted a car and I don't really need one being in London. Mm. So I thought I'd get one that I enjoy. Now, what about you? What's your, what are your feelings about driving and cars? Well, when I was a kid, I only wanted to drive sports cars. And then I grew up. So you were a boy racer then? Well, no, I was a boy racer in my mind because I didn't actually pass my driving test until I was 28. <laughs> right, okay. I do enjoy driving cars, actually. But recently I had a bit of a crash. When, you, when you say a bit of a crash, how, how much Well, I smashed bit? into a lamppost. Right, that's quite a um, lot of a crash. But at, like at low speeds. But it was still quite a shock. Yeah, I'd imagine it's it quite was. an impact. I haven't had my own car for about eight months now, and um, I've sort of got to buy a new one. And are the only you, thing uh, I can afford is like sensible family cars, like a Jet Honda Jazz, which is about as unjazz as a car can be. I don't know, you know, part of me just wants an Aston Martin still, or something like this. It's just what's quite funny is that we've gone over about 200 speed bumps. Yeah, I know. To feel well, sick. This is the nature of driving in urban England nowadays. It's yeah, it like is, yeah. speed bump after speed bump. Should we talk briefly about the history of motor? Yes, we shall. Um, because uh, I'd like yeah. to get the impression that we've done uh, at least a, the basic amount of research mm. on cars and motoring. Well, um, I've done quite a lot of research on this from Wikipedia. Right, okay. Now, Carl Benz, research. Uh, of Mercedes-Benz, Yeah. he invented the first car as we know it today. Right. Proper combustion engine. He, he patented the uh, first engine, is that he right? He did. And when was this? He painted the first engine in 1879. Wow. That's a long time ago. It really is. And 1886, he produced the first modern car. Which his wife drove, I which understand. It, yeah, exactly, to prove that it wouldn't blow up. Okay. Now, now, was this an early example of a 
relationship that has true equality, or was it just more that like he hated his wife and no? I tell you what, it was that it was the first example of like. Do you remember Chris Hume and his wife? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He said that she, she was, was taking driving the car. <laughs> exactly. Um, Being serious, I think she was his business partner, wasn't she? she? Was, and she was yeah. also an engineer, I think, too. Which is oh really? I'm going to get shot down for this, but um, in 1886 is quite impressive, I think. I think so. Um, possibly a mark of her affluence, maybe. I imagine laundry washers in Whitechapel in 1886 probably didn't have quite the opportunities that no, Mrs. No. Benz had. I've been doing some extensive research via the Fount of All Knowledge as well, and okay. um, apparently she uh, is credited with inventing brake pads, which... Um, no way, really? I would have thought if you're going to invent a car, inventing brake pads would be one of the the uh, early things that you would uh, invent. No, right? not really. Because uh, when you think about it, have you ever made a go-kart? True. No yes. brakes? Yes, no true. Brakes. It's your feet, basically. Exactly. Your feet are the brake pads. Um, and, and she ironed out a lot of the other sort of engineering problems with, with um, the first vehicle that um, the Benzes put together. That's amazing. Um, so this was, this was the first petrol engine car we're talking about here. What about That's electric right. cars? The electric engine was invented a couple of years later, so this is um, 1881, uh-huh. and only now we're starting really to think seriously about electric cars. It's ridiculous. That does seem crazy, doesn't it? So we could have been driving electric cars from from the off. That would have been amazing, wouldn't it? I guess it would have been. Uh, would we enjoy driving them as much now um, if they'd always been electric? Well, maybe not. Let's move on to the car and culture. Well, this is what we really know about. We don't know anything about the history of cars as far as I'm concerned. I barely know how to drive a car. I actually do know a lot more about MGs than I would normally care to admit. Thanks to the magazine Enjoying MG, Mm. uh, which um, I received monthly due to my ownership of uh, my ownership my membership of the mg owners club i tend to save up this information when i'm trapped in the company of, of men in uh, fleece jackets with uh, oil stains <laughs> on so let me just hand you a copy of the magazine oh so my god just have a quick look at that that's a beautiful car it's a white ng without a top it's topless it's it and it's the centerfold <laughs> as well <isn't laughs> it? it is actually the centerfold in enjoying mg magazine <laughs> Yeah. Oh, what a stunner. Anyway, I'm going to read you a few letters, a, some, a yes, selection please. of letters from Enjoying MG. I'll just give you an idea. Have you sent a letter in yourself? You should do. No, I haven't. Well, because I, I would instantly be spotted as a fraud, I think. Because this is a magazine for people who not only enjoy driving classic cars, but enjoy sort of fiddling about underneath the bonnet. And when I read some of these letters to you. I think you'll get a a flavour of the uh, kind of person who likes to enjoy MG. The title of the letter is Streetlight Speeding. Beware. Mm. It's a very short letter. Many people don't realise the roads have streetlights on them, that the roads that have streetlights on them are generally restricted to 30 mile per hour speed limit. 
unless otherwise specified. So, beware. Well, that's just useful advice. Yeah, sure. I wish uh, someone had told me that before. I just got a speeding ticket today. Oh, oh really? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, and was and what sort of speed were you doing? Were you doing I was like doing 25 in a 20 mile an doing, hour zone. You got a speeding ticket for doing 25 yeah. miles an hour. Okay. There could have been children on that road, Nick. Well, that's true, actually. I was gunning for the kids. Right, <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Had a moment of road rage. Or maybe you just thought you'd get extra mm. points. This, this is my favourite letter. It's simply titled Tyres. And the opening line is, is just perfect. Not wanting to restart the discussion about tyres... <laughs> But, in the late 1950s, at a talk at Fort Dunlop, we were told that tyres could increase their circumference at 100 miles per hour by up to 4%, depending on various aspects, type of tyre wall and temperature, amongst other things. Wow. 4%. That's these, a big these, deal. these people are all enjoying Yeah. This is a love story about a love that grew. About a love that was nearly lost. A love story about a car. One mark has always had a special place in our hearts. A mark that symbolized style, freedom, fun, and the love of the road. MG. Somehow we segue into Kerouac at this point. Yeah, we do. I don't know how. There was nothing but to go out, 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 out across East London to see what we could find. We blew through the useless docks of home onto the old dirty Ratcliffe, a one-time highway crammed with carousing, killing taverns, spilling out whole bunches of doggermen fighting and women laughing at their misery. Now just an arterial pumping traffic 24 hours. So we hooked left into Shadwell. Its Bengali boys roared down cable in their murdered cars, windows blacked, Bodywork mat, chassis lowered by cousins in some railway arch, and screw the speed bumps. Old men slow walked to the pavement in their shalwar kameez, hands behind their back, discussing Pooh Bear, while their grandkids got up some speed on pink tricycles and yellow scooters. Up at the George Crossroads, two women, eyes of steel, were arguing past their niqabs, throwing their arms around at each other like crazy. Above us all was a low, thick evening, the clouds turning a sour orange, lit by 10,000 street lamps. I hung out the window and called to the women that it was all right. It wasn't so bad, that life was a sad, sad thing. Sure it was, but there were women and children and men, and come with us and see what we could find. The lights changed and a long jubilee, Gav sang, your mother lives in Stepney, not in Knightsbridge anymore. It was a sweet, high voice he had, and we slowed to watch the sheep sticking out their woolly heads at the city farm fences, chewing, always chewing, whether they got it in the neck or were saved, before we left them behind for Marl End, a bad place desolated by the ghosts of old Victorian Jews, 
and drove on till we reached at last the forest by the city limits, where the clouds lifted to show us a few still powerful stars burning. Did they burn with love or spite? We couldn't say. Gav handed me his flask and told me about a girl he knew in Billericay, Martha. She had a roommate, he said, some apple pie and ice cream. And he turned the wheel around and we went straight out east. So that, that idea of freedom, that car adverts from the, the 50s, you know, the, the birth of advertising oh, yeah. as we know it now. Particularly um, in America, obviously. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. That's, that's what they were all about. But also, at some point, and I don't know when this happened, kind of about getting laid as well. They were. I'm thinking specifically of uh, the Renault Clio ads in the, right. in the early 90s. Yeah. But Papa, he had his own lady and she had her young, her young man. I thought it was very exciting. Okay. I just thought, yes, that's the kind of life I want to live. I want to be scooting around Provencal villages in a tiny car. You may be looking for a car that's small and practical. But you still want a car that feels luxurious. Well, now you've found it. Because while the Clio is certainly small, it's perfectly formed. We should probably explain who Nicole and Papa uh, uh, were. Yeah. Um, so this is the Renault Clio ads in the early 90s. Uh, and he had the slightly bizarre situation of a father and a daughter, both with their own Renault Clios, mm. both essentially going out on the pool in their yeah. cars and sort of trying to hide it from each other. Yeah, um, but they, they knew what was going on. They're very um, very modern family, yeah. although no, no sign of the mother, I notice. Um, the mother, unfortunately, was thrown off the Gorge de Verdun. Is, is That's that, it. Was, She's gone. Was that established in... in yeah. The, Okay. Yeah, that's part of the. That's part of the. Um, You're not creating your own backstory. No, that's it? part of the fan fiction. <laughs> okay. And I've written a lot of fan fiction. It's just the Nicole and Papa, uh, Papa um, sort of extended universe. So the Renault Twenty Five couple. You're not being a bit hasty about this, are you? They've just dropped their kid off at private um, school. It's the autumn term. They're driving through the autumnal landscape. Husband's setting up a new business. Joanne, there's something you ought to know. It concerns the house. The kids. I was ready. What exactly are you getting at? It's time to go to learn. I'm starting my own business. John's with me, Ian's with me, and we've got the backing. David, that's fantastic. See, my, my feeling about this, I think the whole point of why he's setting up a new business and going out on his own. It's because his company is giving him a Renault 25 as a company car. Yeah. I mean, that's an insult. Oh, <laughs> a jag. Yeah. There's um, something else. The company car is going to have to go back. You're not being a bit hasty about this, are you? Renault 25. One of your better decisions.
There's one more ad I want you to talk about, Nick, simply right. because I know you have a, a special affection stroke venom for it. A more contemporary ad. Say it. Well, what's brilliant about the Say It advert is that it's a perfect example of how capitalism is working right now. What's the catchphrase of the ad? Remind me. Well, the catchphrase of the ad is, because then, us. And the idea is that you have people who are like working nine to five, they come out of their workplace and it's raining, and then you have people who are fox hunting, and then you have people who are generally very diverse and of indeterminate sexuality. Right. Um, Walking across a bridge and then getting in their car. Okay. Which is a Seat. Right. And the idea is that if you buy a Seat, you're not like those rubbish people. You're not like them. You're not rubbish. Yeah. Okay. It's one of the most horrendous adverts I've ever seen in my life. Those people in the ad, they're representing that Kerouac kind of freedom mm. ideal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, they've totally taken, they've totally tra- transmogrified the Kerouac idea. Because Kerouac, Kerouac didn't have a car. That's the idea that he very rarely had a car. Sure. Yeah, they were mostly hitching. The Sayat Because Them Us advert is for an SUV, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, so it's maybe it's a hybrid. It's certainly not an electric car. No, well, I don't know. Uh, but essentially it's a big gas guzzler which may or may not have an electric motor the fox hunting thing mm. I mean I'm not I'm not a big fan of fox hunting no I don't um, I, I would even say I'm fairly anti-fox hunting I don't like foxes I think they're very beautiful but I don't really like them right okay okay but I'm against fox hunting because I don't want rich people to have fun okay I hate rich people yeah You've taken a slightly different tack to the one I was going to take. Yeah, it's yeah. quite an interesting one. No, go for it. No. But it just strikes me that the them who are the fox hunters, yeah. who are uh, on horseback, are somewhat more environmentally friendly than the, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, the exactly. SUV drivers yes, who are the us. Let's move on to films. I think you could probably argue that films referencing cars have probably been around almost as long as films. I think itself. they have. I think it's just after the Lumiere's train coming into the station. Just never know. You just go along figuring some things don't change ever. Like being able to drive on a public highway without somebody trying to murder you. And then one stupid thing happens. Jewel. This is Spielberg's first film? Uh, yes, it is. It was a TV film that was so successful they, they made a theatrical release of it. Right. And this is mid-70s I think it's about 71 yes and I guess the thing about this film is it's the ultimate driving paranoia film it's just like people who fear being on the roads this is this is the nightmare scenario for you it's like there you are right back in the jungle my god so you've got a a travelling 
salesman or businessman who's on his way to a business meeting who is being menaced by a truck driver initially starts toying with him stopping him from overtaking then he starts getting quite aggressive Mm. his driving becomes more more dangerous to the point where Dennis Weaver is totally in fear of his life yeah it's a lethal truck I'd like to report a truck driver that's been endangering my life I thought you had quite an interesting take on this movie. The truck is like a vehicular version of an internet troll. Okay. He just kind of keeps pushing and eventually does some sort of death or rape flight. Right. The end. Yeah. Because yeah. actually I do think that internet conversations and driving are very similar because you're in a bubble. If someone cuts you up and if someone contradicts you on the internet and maybe they might be slightly wrong in their facts what you have to do is destroy them dox them hunt them down set their house on fire set their dogs and ponies on fire and uh well no not quite that but both of them are about bubbles aren't they Mm. they're about bubbles of how we are you know extensions of my house of my life extensions of what my political opinions may be I I kind of agree with you because a large part of the tension in this film is the fact that this guy is essentially completely alone in the bubble that you've described. Even though he does interact with other other people. He does, but they don't believe him, do they? Yeah, I guess they don't believe him or they just haven't witnessed it. So um, they they don't understand why he's so terrified. The uh, the Um, truck driver is very canny. And they also can't really help him. Well, that's um, the thing, aren't we alone behind our screens? You wanted to talk about Tulane Blacktop, Nick, which I haven't seen. Tell me about what happens in Tulane Blacktop. Well, it's a very interesting film. It's got James Taylor as the driver, Dennis Wilson as the mechanic, the only film either starred in. Right. I don't like being crowded by a couple of punk road hogs clear across two states. And Laurie Bird as the girl, and they meet Warren Oates, who is called GTO, because that's what he drives, and they decide to race to the East Coast. Whoever wins gets the other's car. Sure we'll race, you damn right we'll race. For pink. Pink slips? You mean for cars? Where to? You name it, Washington, D.C. It's a very sad and somber film, I think. And the girl is the only one who really has a life of her own. They're not for you. They're just a bunch of small town car freaks, that's all they are. The other three characters are almost operated on by their machines rather than the other way around. All they think about is cars. But it's also like a hymn to car culture too, like Vanishing Point. It's very beautiful to look at, the cars are amazing. It's definitely worth seeing. It's a film about maybe running out of fuel, ex- existential dread. Take it easy, man, you're gonna kill us.
That brings us nicely to Vanishing Point, oh. which I think we both have seen. Yes, we have, yeah. Name, Kowalski. Occupation, driver. Transporting a supercharged Dodge Challenger from Denver to San Francisco. Background, Medal of Honor in Vietnam. Former stock and bike racer. Former cop, dishonorably discharged. Now he uses speed to get himself up, to get himself gone. One man behind the wheel of a car, defying authority by driving fast to evade the police. Um, but he's delivering the car. He's he? delivering the car uh, by driving it very fast, which, to my mind, as recipient of the yeah. uh, said delivered car, doesn't sound like a great thing. I'd, I'd, I'd hate for that to happen. Yeah, I, I think I'd rather he took his time. In the car. He's just terrible at his job, isn't he? Yeah, it, it would seem so, because he drives it very fast on and off-road. Yeah. But what's interesting about it... In the desert, it, yeah. That by itself would not make for a particularly good movie. But what, what makes it stand out is that um, in this endeavour, he is both championed and helped out by okay. a blind radio DJ uh, known as uh, Super Soul, played by Cleavon Little. who monitors police radio and then transmits this information to the driver who's known only as Kowalski mm. via his, his radio program. It also, bizarrely, features a naked woman on a motorcycle. See, I don't remember um, that at all. Yeah, I... I just blanked it out. Is there something I can do for you? Well, like what? Like anything you want. And I can't help thinking it must have been the inspiration for Viz Comics character Nude Motorcycle Girl. Well, that re yeah, that reminds me of Girl on the Motorcycle Boy with Marion Faithfull. Yeah, I haven't seen it, um, but that was this was quite early in her sort of both acting and music yeah, career. Yeah, it's think, like 1969. It? Or something. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. it is it a French movie? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. It might be. It might be. I mean, it feels French, right? If you know what I mean. Isn't there a French title for it? That's something like "Naked Under Leather," because she's wearing yes. like a sort of leather yeah, catsuit stroke yeah. uh, motorcycle outfit, exactly. And supposedely, just like that. Susie Quattro. Right. Okay. Is that where Susie Quattro got the idea? Do you think? No, that came to her from um, in a dream. In a dream, yeah. I, I have no idea. Challenger being chased by the blue, blue meanies on wheels. The vicious traffic squad cars are after our lone driver, the last American hero, the, the electric centaur, the demigod, the super driver of the Golden West. Two nasty Nazi cars are close behind the beautiful lone driver. The police numbers are getting closer, closer, closer to our soul hero in his soul mobile. Yeah, baby. They're about to strike. They're going to get him, smash him, rip. The last beautiful free soul on this planet. <laughs> Let's talk about Weekend. Yes. Um, because Weekend is a very interesting film by Jean-Luc Godard.
So Weekend is more about bourgeois horror. Okay. It starts off with this George Bataille story. That. Why would I want to watch a film about it? What, bourgeois horror? Yeah. Well, sometimes it's nice. I know what you mean. You, know, you, you like escapism. We all like escapism. But now and again, we need the truth rubbed in our face like shit in our pants. Right. So yeah, Weekend is more about bourgeois horror. It starts off with this George Bataille influence story. Uh, talked about by this woman, about how they killed someone and then she sat on some eggs for erotic reasons. All right. But Maybe I the main thing about this film in terms of uh, cars and car culture is that um, there's a very famous scene that lasts for about 10 to 15 minutes where they were working their way through a traffic jam in a sports car. And at the end, there's this horrific accident with blood everywhere. Before, before they've gone there, there are people picnicking because all the cars are stalled and they're picnicking, they're playing ball. Is it like a bank holiday weekend? Yeah, it's a bank holiday Everybody's weekend. Everybody's trying to get out of exactly. the city. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's they just end up in le, traffic jam. Le Grand Depart, you know, kind right. of thing. But it's about the hell of consumer culture, really, and the, the supposed freedom of car ownership, and the supposed freedom of being determined to get where you want. And the consequences are this mania of capitalist catastrophe. It's a good film. So, next 50 years, all cars probably electric. Are, are we even um, going to drive anymore? You know? I don't know whether we're going to drive anymore, to be honest. Because the way things are going, individualism in terms of capitalist economy is going to fade away. Right. Apart from very, very rich people who will always be seen as incredible minds and wealth creators. Okay. There will be self-driving cars. Uh, some people say that self-driving cars already exist. They're known as trains. I think that's a. They have self-driving cars in Sleeper, the Woody Allen film. What are you talking about? Yes. Also uh, in Demolition Man. I think. That's right. Yeah. Um, I think it's actually a good example of what self-driving cars will be like, which is intensely irritating yeah. and far too slow. I think they will um, be irritating. Not least because everywhere will be a 20 mile an hour zone. What's 20, going to change 50. is that transport is all about getting somewhere rather than the journey. Yeah, yeah. And the journey, whether it's by train or by plane or by boat, that's going to go. And then also, particularly cars, obviously. HS2 is basically... How can I get to London 20 minutes quicker? 20 minutes is a long time if you're waiting on a train. <coughs> well, well, it's not a you're long doing, time when, you're, when it's already a three-hour train. When you're wrecking economies through micro-speed trading sure. and quantum trading, then obviously 20 minutes is a, it's a lifetime. Isn't you it? can do a lot of asset stripping in 20 minutes. Exactly. In 
last seven deals that I've been involved with, there were 2.5 million stockholders who have made a pre-tax profit of $12 billion. Thank you. I am not a destroyer of companies. I am a liberator of them. The point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Greed is right. Greed works. The other worrying thing about the trend towards all-electric self-driving is that it... It's not even my dogs. Is that it's um, it's like a sort of mechanical dog? It is, yeah. Rags. Woof, woof, woof. Woof, woof, woof. Hello, I'm Rags. Now, before you bought your new car, you looked at some other cars, I think, uh, which... Um, <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Was it a Nissan Note? It was, was a it Nissan a, Note. It wasn't a Nissan Leaf, was it? Wasn't uh, it no, it's a, a Nissan Note. The Nissan Leaf, because they know that electric cars are the thing, yeah. is actually very expensive. Right, okay. Uh, the Nissan Note is a kind of low-emission, family multiple pit person vehicle MPV right and it's it, it is the most boring car I've ever driven in my life I think you described it to me as a less sexy version of a Honda Jazz which is saying something yeah so um, essentially you wanted a car that actually works yes um, I did yes. and doesn't break down all the time we entered Woolwich everything was rushing to transform into something else new things were rising Buildings that resembled the past, but without decoration. A new filmy sophistication. The square was still dead, surrounded now by lookout balconies priced at 500k apiece, at least, Bradshaw said. Buses were steamed up with commuters, their faces pinned against the window like a parade of what comes after. All this action was rising up to go home. We went slow by an ambulance whipping its blue lights across the square. All the cars nicely penitent. We pulled over. Someone, an old maid, holding Iceland freezer bags, had been caught in the grill of a Lexus. Her legs were gone under it. The rest was grabbing at the glittering tarmac, blue, black and red. We parked up on the pavement, got out and watched. People were watching from the street and from the balconies. Bradshaw passed me a cigarette and said, Look at her legs, she won't be walking. And then he said, I know this guy who crashes XR3Is into Renault 4s on a forgotten byway near the ferry. 4 a.m. Sunday nights, invitation only.
You've been listening to Call in the Night Boys, Life in the Middle Lane, Redux, with Nick and Gavin, featuring excerpts from adverts by Renault, MG and Sayat, and music, films and television programmes including Driving South by Jimi Hendrix, Life in the Fast Lane by The Eagles, Driving Home for Christmas by Chris Rea, Cars by Gary Newman, Kim by Charlie Parker, Missile by Dorothy, Jewel by Steven Spielberg, Tulane Blacktop by Monty Hellman, Drive by The Cars, Vanishing Point by Richard C. Serafian, Weekend by Jean-Luc Goddard, The IT Crowd, Trampled Underfoot by Led Zeppelin, Sleeper by Woody Allen, Wall Street by Oliver Stone, Flow by Philip Glass, and LA Woman by The Doors, plus readings from the letters page of Enjoying MG. Please buy the physical copies or legally download or stream the movies and music featured in this podcast. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Are you a lucky little lady in the city of life? Or did you not alone?